Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is December 14th, and we are here to chat AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. Uh, what is up, everyone? You know, I'm feeling pretty hyped today. Uh, I know I may seem hyped all the time, but I'm feeling pretty good uh, coming off of today's episode of Dynamite. It's interesting because um, I came in here and, you know, ahead of the show, I thought that I was going to have uh, certain feelings about this show because you know winter is coming is obviously you know a pretty big show uh it's those special shows that feel like something you know big and grand has to happen right and there was a certain point during the show where i thought you know what this show's just okay right but then as we progressed on i kind of thought the show ended up getting a little bit better like i thought the start was good then it kind of dipped just a little bit but then it came back up and by the end of the show i was feeling pretty damn good and i'm thinking okay you know i would say that i thought that this episode i, I would say like 75 to 80 percent of it i definitely enjoyed but before we get into even any of that i want to shout out the crowd uh in garland texas because can we please control and control copy and paste this crowd um they did a phenomenal job i feel like even the stuff that i wasn't like really ready to be invested in uh i thought the crowd did a really good job of kind of hyping everybody else that was watching at home so this was a really really good crowd so if you were there tonight uh pat yourself on the back for reals um but before we get into the show everyone i want to thank you guys so much for hopping into the stream i'm here each and every single week to talk about aew dynamite it's a whole lot of fun um and also this is a very interactive show i pull out your comments uh, we've kind of gotten to know each other just a little bit on these shows. Uh, so please do not be shy. Send in, your, send in your thoughts, send in some comments, send in some opinions. Even if you got some hot takes, it don't matter. We pull them up here on the show. Uh, and if you want to make sure your question, comment, or statement gets read on the stream, 100% guaranteed, uh, you can go ahead and, and send in a super chat. Super chats not only help you get your comment read here, but also they help support this podcast and they pretty much keep me uh funded keep the roof over my head keep me eating uh so please do send them in um at any point throughout the show and i will make sure to thank you um on top of that shout out to the cooge uh the cooge i just saw it the cooge 97 it is uh their birthday so happy birthday to the cooge 97 who is always here on these shows and that definitely does not go unnoticed so happy birthday man i feel like you had a pretty good birthday with this aew dynamite and we're gonna kick the off with our first super chat of the day this is from our good friend grapple geekery who's been sending in so much support into the show saying tonight had a few dips but was a fun show uh yeah i agree there were some things that i didn't love and obviously we'll get to this but for the most part i thought that the stuff was the stuff that was good was really good for the most part or it got you excited it got some sort of reaction so that's definitely something that you want um on your pro wrestling show Sorry, guys, I'm, I, I was hearing the there's like ambulances driving past my house. And I was like, what? For a second, I thought they I thought my phone was ringing. I'm like, what? What is that sound? Uh, so everyone saw the look of confusion on my face right now. Uh, Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat saying best post show in the biz. Let's fucking go. Uh, thank you so much to Reggie Simmons for the continuous love and support here on this show. I appreciate you, man, a whole lot. All right. So let's get into this, everyone. The opening match 
of the night we have match four of the best of seven series between uh the elite and the death triangle for the AEW world's trio the world trios championship and um here's the thing with this we going like from the very beginning from when we first saw this match at full gear it has been uh just non-stop in terms of the action and obviously we went like the first um three matches we pretty much saw back to back we saw that first match at full gear. Then we got that hot, super hot match that we got in Chicago, which kind of got really crazy because the fans were reacting, uh, you know, one way towards the elite uh, when it became a little bit split between the elite and CM Punk chants. And so that was crazy. We got all of these uh, teases in regards to the brawl with the biting and all of that. So it was a totally different match. Then afterwards, we kind of been getting... Um, there's been something different, something uh, distinctive in each one of these matches that we've been seeing in this best of seven series. And this match in particular that we're going to talk about today, match four, um, going into this, we were the uh the death triangle was leading the series to one so with the elite only having one win which was uh last week and so going into this match here i'm thinking like okay you know I'm, I, I don't know how different how much more difference they can make this match because that was one of the things that i've been you know we've been talking about is how are they going to make these matches uh different each and every single week and to be honest i wasn't really all that concerned although i did mention it i really wasn't that concerned given the guys that are in this match uh, they obviously know what they're doing so I was expecting to see something just a tad bit different every week and we did see that during this match they pretty much went in there kept the uh the same action that you've been seeing every week that's pretty damn good um I freaking love whenever we get Kenny Omega and Pac in the ring together because I just feel like they uh they just mesh so freaking well and all of these guys do incredible things but the way that Kenny Omega and Pac do it specifically with one another it just uh I don't know it just screams main event I hate main event shit okay I was trying not to curse on this podcast but it screams main event shit whenever you see Kenny Omega and Pac intertwine in the ring together and it's very very fun to see um all the snapdragon suplexes that Kenny Omega was hitting all of those are always uh really fun we got the inverted frog splash that Phoenix done that it Every time Phoenix does this inverted frog splash, it always takes me a second because I'm like, I really love to see how he executes that um, because moving forward when you're doing something just seems a lot easier than moving backwards. You get what I mean? Okay. Um, Black Arrow from Pac. Kenny Omega moves out of the way. And one of the things that we've been seeing uh, nonstop in these matches is the use of the hammer. And Penty uses the hammer today on Nick Jackson on his ankle after he, you know, had to leave the match for a bit, came back, gets uh, hit with hit with the hammer onto the ankle and behind the referee's back. And at this point, I'm thinking like, oh, damn, you know, I was a little bit irritated with the hammer because we've been seeing it so much. But this did end up leading someplace. So we did end up seeing um, the Death Triangle get the win in this match. So they're now leading the series three to one. But um, they announced afterwards, Kenny Omega, that next week's match, the fifth match is going to be no DQ due to the usage of the hammer that they've been 
bringing into all of these matches, right? So I'm glad that this is finally something that they are, they're doing something about it finally. And also we found out that if they do go to match six, so if match six is going to happen, uh, they're going to do it in uh, the stipulation for that match is going to be a false count anywhere match. And if it gets to match seven in Los Angeles, where I'm going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, Escalera de la Muerte, which is a ladder match. Well, Technically, yeah, there you go, ladder match. Um, but uh, so from the very beginning, I think we were all expecting this match to go to the actual seventh match. I feel like at this point, if we don't get that seventh match, uh, Tony Khan, he's robbing us a little bit, you know, if we don't get to that seventh match. And now that we even have these stipulations, you can't like get us excited about these stipulations, especially with the last one being a ladder match and then not actually go through with it. So I think from the very beginning, we knew we were getting to that match seven. And I feel even more positive that we're getting into that match seven uh moving forward but anyways this was a pretty great way uh to kick off the show and i like that they're finding things uh to keep these matches fresh whether it's just the way that they format the match or um or just the you know the added stipulations that they're doing for the uh upcoming ones as well so good stuff overall here with the start of the show uh heidi ho sends in a super chat thank you so much to heidi ho who says surely aew will bring in mandy rose right just on name value alone and in her in-ring is on par with the majority of their female roster. So obviously, guys, Mandy Rose has been the hot topic of today. I mean, it's been kind this this week in wrestling has been freaking nuts. You had, um, you know, the, the, we were coming off of everything that's going on with William Regal, with him leaving AEW, uh, the call that Tony Khan did, and just all the information that he gave on that. We have all of the stuff going on with Sasha Banks, where, you know, she's going to be appearing at New Japan Pro Wrestling. She's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. And, hey, there's people wondering if she's going to be the mystery person um, that is tagging with Soraya. Is she going to return to WWE? I mean, there is so much. And then on top of that, you... Then we also have Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon's story from yesterday where, uh, you know, he, he has new legal issues, more people coming out. Uh, I won't get into the details of all of that since I already discussed that on the latest, but with uh, new details coming out in regards to the sexual allegations and him saying he wants to return to WWE. And then... Today, uh, the Mandy Rose situation with her getting released from the company and a huge part of that being for her content that she is posting or that she did post on uh, the app or the website called Fan Time. And I'm going to be real with you guys, completely and utterly real. I didn't even know that Mandy Rose had a subscription service until this morning, okay? And I had no idea that she was even, that she even had the subscription service uh, literally till today. And in terms of her going to AEW, I do not know. I know that, um, Earlier today, Dave Meltzer put out a tweet basically saying that he was going to share more, uh, more information in the story kind of alluded to there being a lot more to discuss. And I feel like I want to hear uh, what he has to say in regards to that and then kind of, you know, go from there and see, you know, is there going to be a possibility of us seeing Mandy Rose uh, in AEW? Is there not going to be that possibility? I feel like I still need more information 
to make a, you know, a prediction and whatnot. But uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending in this super chat. Uh, it's much appreciated. We got one here from Julian Mon uh, Monjaras. Thank you so much to Julian for sending in the super chat. Uh, Julian says, Denise, have you seen Triple A Lucha Libre? How fans uh, throw vessels at the wrestlers? I went to a show in Tijuana and was so surprised people throwing coins. Yes, this is something that is seen a lot in uh, Lucha Libre. You see it a lot. And uh, once once American fans started seeing that happen, you do you uh, they even tried it at a couple of indie shows. Um, actually, the last GCW show that I was at uh, here in Los Angeles, they threw money in the ring for Willie Mack and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. That match was really freaking great, and the people threw money. Um, when I went to uh, Triple Mania this uh october i got to throw money in the ring for uh ehold de vikingo and uh, ray phoenix which was a really cool experience and it's a lot harder than it looks guys because you gotta have a really good throw to actually send in the money um but it is a fun experience and yes this is definitely something that is done uh thank you so much to julian it's like wrestling's version of super chats there you go uh grapple geekery sends in a super chat saying that crowd was fire uh i cannot agree with you more man i cannot agree with you more um all right so let's go ahead and continue on we do got a super chat here from danny padilla thank you so much to danny who's been sending in a lot of support on the show uh danny says hi denise what are your thoughts on Vince wanting to come back despite all the allegations personally all i want for christmas is for him to f pop so look guys i you know, I recognize and we all recognize, I think a lot of people recognize the the positive contributions that Vince McMahon has made to wrestling and to the wrestling business. We all know that, right? But with all of everything that's going on and, you know, everything that has come out and also resurfaced because a lot of this stuff was already out there, stuff that has resurfaced and also new allegations and stuff that has come out. Um, I do not want to see Vince McMahon back in WWE, not just for that portion of things, but also just kind of, you know, I'm sitting there every week watching the programming and you guys know this, we were just getting nothing really. Obviously the pay-per-views, they were still good. I thought the pay-per-views were still good, but for weekly television, we were getting just so many rematches, really lazy storytelling. Um, and you're talking about sitting there and watching just, just for Mondays, for example, just Mondays, a three hour show where absolutely nothing major was happening. And because of those reasons, I and obviously, you know, with Triple H in charge, things have gotten better. Uh, I wouldn't still say I wouldn't say that they're like, OMG, freaking great, right? But they're definitely better. And uh, I just don't want to see uh, that be undone. I want to actually see what can be done, like what Triple H can do at his fullest uh, potential, fullest capacity to do. So, and unfortunately, I do not want to see Vince back just for the sake of not having to sit there through bad creative. I want to sit there and be entertained. And part of me, like I, you know, we're going into WrestleMania 39. We're just a couple of months away. And in regards to that, that's going to be, I think, one of the biggest WrestleManias, given that they're finally coming back to Los Angeles. There's so many, uh, you know, all these rumors about these great matches and potential people that can be part of the show. I don't want to see any of that uh, jeopardized, but 
You know, he is the majority stakeholder, uh, shareholder. I, I, I don't know whether or not he will be back. I have no idea. Uh, thank you so much to Danny Padilla for asking, though. Um, all righty. And now let's go ahead and continue on with AEW Dynamite. Uh, thank you so much to Manny H for this very generous uh, super uh, super sticker, I guess. Uh, thank you so much to Manny. All right. So let's get into this attack that we saw. So the Acclaimed came out and they are doing their rap and you know doing their thing being the acclaimed and they are attacked by Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. They're attacked from behind and um, <laughs> there is massive you suck chance to Jeff Jarrett, AEW audience. The the AEW audience has not been loving Jeff Jarrett, and we've already discussed that on this show. So we kind of see them beef, but Jeff Jarrett ends up getting a uh, caster with the guitar. He gets him with the guitar shot, lays him out, and he closes off this by saying, hey, you little bitch. <laughs> hey, you little bitch. Why don't you scissor this slap nuts? And let me tell you, <laughs> You know, it's funny when you hear it from Jeff Jarrett and it's funny even typing it out on Twitter. Uh, it feels a lot, it feels awkward saying it, but uh, I couldn't stop laughing. And this was the first thing that on Twitter, this is the first thing that I've seen that Jeff Jarrett has done on AEW where people on Twitter didn't absolutely hate it. Obviously, this was a very brief a segment, but just him closing it off saying, hey, you little bitch, why don't you scissor this slap nut? Um, I think that got a lot of people uh, kind of laughing there for a bit. So we're continuing this with the acclaimed. And I mean, for the most part, I guess it's fine. Unfortunately, you know, the, the stuff with, with Satnam and, and Sanjay and Jay Lethal and Jarrett, unfortunately, isn't like the hottest thing to get excited about on the show. And we know that. Uh, but I think they could, pro you know, continue to do something here with the acclaimed because the acclaimed obviously is a good talent. They need people to feud with. And Jeff Jarrett is such a great, uh, he's so great at getting the heat. He's so great at being a heel. He's so great at making you hate him. Uh, and this will definitely uh, be a great contrast uh, to what the acclaimed is doing so i'm giving it a chance guys i'm gonna see how it plays out okay uh but we got a super chat here from uriel landeros thank you so much to uriel who says uh a scene a senile egomaniac makes for a terrible booker well guys I mean, I don't know what to say, guys. I don't know what to say. Obviously, you know, Vince is is older, is older, and you want to see somebody somebody younger do this stuff just because we were seeing the same matches over and over and you know reports came out that he didn't even realize that we were seeing these matches over and over and so yeah it was you know impacting the product uh but thank you so much to uriel for sending in your opinion taylor cannon sends in a super chat thank you so much to taylor who says Hi, Denise. I hope you're doing well. I'm wondering who you think will be Soraya's mystery partner. So we talked about this last week, and uh, the three names that I mentioned were uh, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, and then I gave a far-fetched, which at this point last week, I thought this was a far-fetched answer with Sasha Banks. And I even told people here, I'm like, don't get your hopes up. I get it. She popped into our heads. We get it. And I literally said that on the show. Don't get your hopes up. This is a very far-fetched thing. It may not be Sasha Banks. And since, th since then, 
to now, I'm feeling a lot more what if, you know? I'm feeling a lot more in terms of, I, I think it could be Sasha Banks. And I don't, I hate to be this person. I really, really do because I'm not this person that's like, oh, this is my conspiracy. This is my theory. No, I'm not that person. But damn, I can't ignore a lot of the signs that are out there, you know, it being Soraya's mystery partner, not just anybody, but Soraya's. Um, and we, you know, obviously know the history with, you know, Soraya's injury and how it happened and all of that, right? And then on top of that, you have it be in Los Angeles. Now, I'm not just saying this because I live in Los Angeles, but it's the greatest goddamn city there is. Sorry, everybody else, but <laughs> that's how we all feel about our hometown. But no, for reals, uh, it's a huge market. It's a huge... Uh, opportunity to make a huge show and the last show we got mjf out there literally doing one of the most iconic promos in aw history right and then there's a huge possibility that if you're going to have sasha banks come back why not do it in los angeles in such a huge market you would totally do that and with all of her projects that she's been doing she's clearly been out here a lot so it's not far-fetched so anymore i did think it was far-fetched last week but then afterwards i'm seeing all of these reports coming out of hey she's going to be at new japan she's going to be at wrestle kingdom they invited her to be there um you know it, it it makes you start to think you know what this may be a bigger possibility of seeing sasha banks uh in AEW. again i don't know also soraya was uh and i wrote this down actually let me see if i still have it um soraya recently did an interview with forbes magazine and she was asked about sasha banks potentially being her mystery partner and this is what she said this is from this is from soraya herself she first says um i feel like anytime there's a mystery everyone always goes straight to mercedes they're like straight away it's her she then goes on to say there's plenty of women out there. I'm not going to say yes or no to anybody, but there's a lot of exciting prospects for a potential tag partner. And the thing that stood out to me the most was when she said, I'm not going to say yes or no to anybody. I feel if it was definitely not Sasha Banks, I would not have said this. I would have not have said, oh, I'm gonna, not going to say yes or no to me. That's just finding a way to not answer the question because you don't want to spoil the surprise. Now, again, I may be reading too much into this, but that's kind of what I took from that quote that uh, Soraya did in an interview with Forbes. Uh, thank you so much to Taylor Cannon for uh, sending in this super chat as well. We got one here from Grapple Geekery who says, Remember when AEW had a huge roster of great tag teams? I love Lethal and Sanjay, but hate this. Uh, and they still have a good roster of tag teams. There's definitely a lot of people. I mean, that roster is bloated. Uh, there's definitely a lot of people that they can make magic with uh, in regards to the acclaimed. Uh, Danny Padilla says, BTW, love the nails, girl. Thank you. I did them specifically for deadline and I kind of regretted them because they were just too big, but I'm like, well, at least they'll be seen. Right. But as soon as I get annoyed, they're coming off. I'm not a nails girl. Uh, I'm the bite your nails type of person. Uh, thank you so much to Danny Padilla for sending in this super chat as well. Um, we got one here from Leonard Aaron's the third. Thank you so much to Leonard who says, I don't see TK setting the match this far out just for it to be someone who's in-house. This is someone coming in from the outside. It's a huge market, and I believe it's possibly Mercedes. Um, and that's the thing, guys. Again, I mentioned, I mentioned that I thought, 
okay, Tony Storm is obviously in-house and she's somebody that to me was the most realistic option. Then I thought, okay, well, Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa could be making her return. Uh, Thunder Rosa, I think is also very probable because again, we mentioned the market here and that being Los Angeles and Los Angeles has a huge Hispanic markets, a huge Hispanic demo, and you're gonna see a lot of Hispanics in the crowd and me being one of them. And so Thunder Rosa would definitely be somebody that if I'm gonna bring her back in January, if she's gonna come back in January, she's somebody that I would be like, hmm, I would put her in the spot here. Uh, and she wasn't at the last Los Angeles show. I, I, I think she was sick or something, if I remember uh, correctly. So she wasn't at the last Los Angeles show, unfortunately. And she was already women's champion, I believe, if I'm getting my timing correct. Um, and so we didn't get to see her at the last show. Uh, so she was somebody that I thought, well, you know, she did say in an interview that she was looking for a January, January return. So I was thinking she could be ideal. But again, I do think that if it's not Sasha Banks, they really do need to announce who this person is ahead of time. Uh, because if not, people are going to be let down. And let's say it is somebody else. And let's say we like this person, but because it's not Sasha Banks, people are not going to react the same way. And you don't want to put any specific talent in a situation to get booed because they're not the person that you expected, right? You don't want to put any talent in that situation. So we'll see. Uh, but thank you so much to um, Leonard Aarons III. Manny H sends in a super chat saying, I'm 42 and often bored with wrestling. The action Andretti uh, win made me pump my fist in the air. Great and exciting moment. Uh, I cannot wait till we talk about that on this show because when that match first started, I started thinking, man, we really got to sit through this match. I don't really want to see this, you know? And lo and behold, it ended, up it ended up turning out to be something totally different, which we'll talk about in just a second. But thank you so much to uh, Manny H for sending in this super chat. It's very much appreciated here today. Um, okay, so let's continue on with this show, everyone. Uh, let's get into Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So I want to start off by saying, I am so happy that we are seeing more of Brian Cage here uh, on AEW. Obviously, he's been with AEW for quite a while now, but let's be real. We weren't seeing much of him, okay? We were seeing hardly no Brian Cage at all. And finally, we've been seeing him a lot more consistently. He had an awesome match with Wardlow. He had a, an awesome match with Samoa Joe, with Ricky Starks. And now here he, at, here he is having a pretty damn good match with Jungle Boy as well. Uh, this was Jungle Boy's first singles match since winning the Steel Cage match Um at the pay-per-view against Luchasaurus. So since his big moment, he jumped off the cage. Uh, this was his first uh, singles match since then. So obviously going into this, I'm thinking clearly, you know, you need to keep the momentum going for Jungle Boy and, uh, you know, get him, getting him a win over Brian Cage, a guy his size, it would be pretty damn impressive. So there was a lot of stuff that I really liked in this match. I loved the vertical suplex that Cage did to Jungle Boy. I love him doing the curl biceps that he was doing to Jungle Boy. Um, I love that they gave Brian Cage a whole lot of offense here uh, during this match because I didn't want to see, uh, I didn't want to see one person be dominant than the other. I didn't want to see Brian Cage just kick Jungle Boy's ass throughout the entire match. I wanted to see a little bit of both, right? So while he was very dominant in this match, I felt like it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't Samoa Joe and Darby Allen, which is what we saw uh, last week. This was 
clearly a different type of match. Um, there was a moment where uh, Jungle Boy hits the Canadian Destroyer, and I thought it was kind of over at that moment. It wasn't. Brian Cage kicked out. Then Jungle Boy goes in and locks the snare trap, but... Uh, and the, Brian Cage actually taps out as he locks in the snare trap, but the referee doesn't see it because he's distracted by Prince Nana. And then Cage ends up knocking off Nana off the apron accidentally, and Jungle Boy uh, finally gets the win afterwards. This was a he was able to get the win after that distraction from Prince Nana. So I liked this match. I thought the action was good, and I love seeing Jungle Boy get this win over somebody like Brian Cage because it just makes him look a lot more impressive. And again, I'm just happy we're seeing Brian Cage on our TV coming out here and having these matches with all these different types of opponents. I mean, he's having matches with guys that are huge and big and beefy like Wardlow and Samoa Joe. And then here he is, you know, recent weeks with Jungle Boy and previously Starks. Uh, he's the kind of talent that you can pretty much put in there with anybody and he can have the match that you want him to have. Whether it's the big beefy Hoss fight or, you know, something a lot more fast paced like what he did today with Jungle Boy. So I was a fan of this. Um, after this, I was dying, guys. I was dying because Jungle Boy uh, calls out uh, Big Bill. He was formerly known as W. Morrissey. It, it's taken me a second to call him Bill. I, In my head, he's still W. Morrissey. So if I call him W. Morrissey, I'm sorry. That's what he is in my head. But anyways, so Jungle Boy goes out there and he says, I want the biggest bitch of them all. So Big Bill, get your punk ass out here. And I'm thinking at this point, <laughs> it sounds freaking hilarious. Think about this because, you know, you know, obviously, you know, calling him Big Bill, right? But Bill, anybody can be named Bill. We all know a Bill. So in my mind, when he was out there going, I want the biggest bitch of them all. So Big Bill, get your punk ass out here. I'm, I'm dying because I can see, <laughs> I can see one of us calling talking shit to our neighbor being like god damn it big bill get your punk ass over here turn off the damn music it's too loud uh it's really freaking funny right i'm sorry like am i the only person finding comedy in this this was hilarious so it keeps going because stokely hathaway comes out and stokely hathaway is always hilarious he comes out and he's fired up all right and you guys know how he is with his facial expressions and all the energy he comes out and he goes every time i see your face it pisses me off it pisses me off to the highest level of passivity and i'm thinking to myself did he say passivity is passivity a word i found out I was today's, today's years old when I found out that passivity is actually a word uh, on Urban Dictionary. Uh, to, it means to be in the highest degree of angry that you can be. I've never heard the word in my life. I used, I heard it today, and now I love it. Passivity, everybody. Passivity. Um, so I'm dying because you have Jungle Boy, Jack Perry doing his thing with the big bill and all of that. And then you've got Stokely Hathaway out there saying his face pisses him off. This was great stuff. Um, big Bill comes out, gets his punk ass out there, and uh, he ends up choke slamming Jungle Boy. And then Hook, Hook, who we're always seeing on Rampage, he comes out. And he ends up, uh, so finally, everybody walks away. Hook gets into the ring, 
because clearly Hook is out there scaring everybody. He just comes out with his menacing look, gets in there, and helps out, helps out Jungle Boy, gives him a handshake, and they're buds. And, um, you know, obviously they're both young guys, but I didn't realize, you know, I didn't really know exactly how old each of them were. Uh, so I Googled it. And Jungle Boy is only two years older than Hook. For some reason, I thought he was going to be like three or four, maybe five years older than Hook. But he's actually only two years older than Hook. And I just realized it. But this is cool. Jungle Boy and Hook, because, you know, Hook, when he first started off, and God, do you remember that rampage when everybody was so freaking excited to see Hook wrestle? I remember that was a rampage that I couldn't watch live because I was working. And I had never had so much FOMO that I wasn't watching Rampage um, like I did that day. I remember thinking, damn, I want to be at home watching Rampage so I can see Hook. And, um, you know, obviously I ended up watching it afterwards. It was great. Whatever. This whole time period, people had been really, really hyped up for Hook. And, you know, all his matches and everything, uh, everything that he did with Danhausen, that got over with the people a whole lot. And, but then afterwards, Hook was still over, but I don't, I wouldn't say he was as over as he was early on. And you want to, it seemed like they didn't really know what else to do with Hook. Like he was pretty much coming out and having the same type of matches that we had been seeing over and over. So it really wasn't anything new. I think they could have done a lot more with him and Danhausen, but they wrapped that up fairly quickly, actually. And um, so I'm thinking, like, okay, is Hook just going to continue to be designated for a for a rampage when are we gonna start seeing a little bit more and I kind of had did not have hook on my mind and when he came out I thought hell yeah doing something with him and jungle boy I think would be freaking great so I'm looking forward to it and it's a, a nice pairing I would say but let's see what else though <laughs> Manny H says big pill so bad but it's good it really is. Um, I agree. Carlos Lopez sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Carlos who says, do you think there will be drama with Sammy and Sasha Banks if she comes to AEW? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Drama with Sammy and Sasha Banks if she comes to AEW. Okay, clarify that to me because I'm a little confused on your question on who she would have, uh, why she would have that drama. So sorry, just clarify that question for me and I can answer it. I, pr I probably just misunderstood here. Um, I can't imagine Sasha Banks having drama with anybody in terms of going to AEW. I think she'd be, she would be doing her thing. But uh, just clarify that to me because I want to make sure I answer that properly. Uh, sorry, Carlos Lopez, if I misunderstood your, um, if I misunderstood your super chat uh, there. Sometimes that happens. I'm not always... Um, oh, Sammy Guevara. Thank you. I think the misspelling, I was thinking Sammy Zane. Thank you, uh, Sammy Guevara. Well, no, I'm going to say no, because if you guys remember, obviously, the what went down with Sammy and Sasha was Sammy Guevara uh, said some things on a podcast when he was a lot younger, some some unfavorable things, okay, uh, things that, you know, shouldn't be said. Well, that was then put out there and made public. And a lot of people didn't know that he had said those things. I didn't know a lot of people didn't know. And it was put out there. And once it went viral on Twitter, you know, obviously a lot of people were upset. But if you recall, um, think AEW sent Sammy to sensitivity training, something along those lines, if I remember correctly. Um, and then afterwards, or before that, rather, Sammy and Sasha, they did make amends and there was, you know, peace and 
uh, Sasha was very classy about it. And, you know, she forgave him. She forgave him. And that was it. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, she handled it very nicely. And she didn't let something like this ruin the guy's career. You know, she was like, all right, we're moving from this. And that's it. So I would not expect to see them. I mean, at least from an outsider's perspective and what we saw them make amends. I, I don't think we would see any drama. But again, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I think they handled it pretty well during that time. Uh, thank you so much to D. Laura for reminding me. He called her personally. Yeah, I remember that um, being a thing as well. Uh, and, you know, what can you do, guys? He was honest. He made a huge mistake. Uh, shouldn't have said what he said. Uh, but, you know, he went out there and he made amends, guys, and made amends. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and continue on from here. So after this, we got a video from Swerve Strickland, and uh, he's talking about his uh, actions that occurred at Final Battle and says that he next week, he and Keith Lee will have their face off on Dynamite. So we're starting to see, or not starting to see, but this team is unraveling. And he also closes his office line by saying he doesn't have any friends. He has affiliates. I thought that was pretty funny. I kind of want to steal that a little bit. Uh, I don't have friends. I have affiliates. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. House of Black versus The Factory. Um, Question for you guys, because I'm blanking here, but did they change their intro, their entrance? It seemed different to me. And maybe it's because I hadn't seen their entrance in a hot minute and I forget everything very fast. But did they not have a new entrance here tonight? Because they had the, the red lights and Malachi Black is sitting out there and then they all come from behind. It just looked a lot different. I don't recall the red light before unless I just forgot. But I don't recall the red light. Um, <laughs> so, thank you, let me see. Yes, thank you. Ooh, everyone's saying it's new. Thank God. All right, so they got a new entrance. It looks pretty cool. I liked it. You got Malachi Black sitting out there in the ramp uh red light from behind and then finally you see them all coming out looking like this gothic cult that is going to take you and next thing you know you're going to be living a totally different life uh, that's the vibe that it gives off but anyways this was pretty cool i like this um this match ended up being absolutely nothing i mean absolutely nothing i thought for house of blacks big return and their you know house of black in action and usually that's what happens when you get so-and-so in action. It's pretty much so-and-so against Jobber, right? Or against nobody that's a big deal. Something like that, right? So I'm thinking, okay, against the factory. Cool, we, we could get a little something here. You know, got, you got some guys in there that you can have some fun with. But they didn't do that. This was very, very quick. Very quick. We saw an interaction in the beginning where Julia Hart is now doing the Black Mist. And she spits in on Nick Camarado. And it's like the smallest Black Mist ever. So they got to work on that because it was very, very tiny. Um, we need more mist. More mist. Um, we see... Malachi Black hit the black mass on QT Marshall, gets the win, and that's literally it, guys. Quick, quick, quick squash there. Um, nothing much else I want to add. I didn't feel anything else about this. I didn't even care. I, I don't even think I cared afterwards. I was just like, oh, okay, that's it. All right, cool. Next thing. What's going on? What's going on next? Um, and 
I don't want that for the House of Black, I should say. Uh, and obviously they're getting them, you know, some statement wins really quickly. We know that. That's what they're doing here. But I just want to see them you know, just do a little bit more. I'm not a really big fan of these types of matches where it's just one thing and it's a one and done. Mm, I, and I get it. They were pressed for time. Obviously, we see a lot of stuff go by really fast on uh, Dynamite. So it's fine. It's not like a deal breaker by any means. But yeah. This was during the this was the point of the show where I was kind of a little bit uh, disinterested, I think. Sky Blue challenges Britt Baker backstage. We're going to be seeing that match on Rampage. But now, everybody, let's get into what everybody wants to talk about. And that is Chris Jericho versus Action Andretti. Andretti. I think I'm saying that right. Andretti. Um, Damn. Absolutely nobody saw this coming, and I mean nobody, okay? Um, when this match started off, I was feeling a little bit not so interested at the show during this point, okay? So when this match thought started, I remember thinking like, damn, it's winter is coming, and I got to watch Chris Jericho get some jobber? What? Like, why am I watching this? Like, why? That's what I was thinking. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, this show's going to suck, man. Like, I'm thinking the worst, okay? And that's how I get. The second something starts to suck, I'm like, oh, this is shit already. That's it. Nothing matters. I'll just wait till the match I'm looking forward to, right? But instead, it ended up being so different. So um, starting off with... They didn't even give Action Andretti the right nameplate. So when they said his name on, on, on the microphone, when they ring announced his name, I barely even heard it. I barely heard his name. And because they didn't have the the plate, the nameplate for him, they had Chris Jericho's nameplate for him. Uh, so, you know, obviously a little bit of error there on the graphics. Whatever, no big deal. It ended up making a funny joke about it. Whatever. But think of, keep, but keep this in mind. You're making your AEW debut, right? And you go from not getting the right nameplate to being called uh, to getting a chant going, let's go jobber to getting over with the crowd massively to defeating Chris freaking Jericho to jumping on the crowd and celebrating to being signed by Tony Khan and becoming all elite and also trending number one on Twitter. Think of if anyone's going to have a glow up in life, I want my glow up to represent Action Andretti's in a span of just minutes. He went from being an absolute nobody that I didn't even want to see the match to this is the one of the best things we're going to be talking about here tonight. And so let's talk about what the hell went down here. So first of all, Action Andretti, this was my first time watching him wrestle like I didn't know who he was or anything okay so this was my introduction to him uh but he has done CZW he has done AEW Dark he had a match with QT Marshall and a couple of others so he's had like four four AEW Dark Dark Elevation matches okay um and uh in regards to the actual match it starts off and you kind of see Chris Jericho kind of pie-facing Andretti a little bit. Uh, Andretti tries to return the favor, but Jericho basically stomps him down. And then a let's go jobber chant broke out. And I got to say, like, Andretti needs to be so freaking thankful for this crowd. Holy Jesus. Because they made him look and, well, he looked great, okay? In ring wise, he looked great. But 
there's been a lot of times where you see guys that look good, but the crowd's not always going to react, right? Like react. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. But they were reacting like they were watching the biggest star on the freaking planet, okay? If I tweeted this out, but if I did not watch AEW on a weekly basis, if I was a first timer, if I was just tuning in to watch with my boyfriend or something, and I'm like, yo, you're watching wrestling, what is this? Um, I would think that Action Andretti is legitimately one of the biggest stars on AEW based on just the reaction. That's what I would think as a newcomer, if I'd never seen the program, if I wasn't a wrestling fan, if I was just tuning in just because. That is how massive the reaction was. People got behind it. People got behind the let's cheer for the jobber. Let's cheer for the underdog. And then the match pretty, it kind of got pretty exciting. We got to see some pretty good stuff. He even had a comeback during this match that the crowd got really into. But then he was, uh, he got a boot from Jericho. But afterwards we see Jericho get him in the corner with a bunch of uh, repeat clotheslines. So that's fun. Uh, Jericho hit some with a few chops. And then finally, uh, Andretti, uh, hits a head scissors and a spinning uh tornillo and flying forearm from andretti clothesline backbreaker neck breaker he starts doing the whole uh enchilada here and people really dug it um he went for a split leg at Moonsault, but Jericho got the knees up. And then finally, Jericho goes for the Juice effect, but he misses it. And instead, Andrade hits a springboard kick and then sends Jericho uh, to the outside. And then he hits a Moonsault. So all of this ended up leading to Andretti getting the win after doing a running shooting star press onto Jericho and getting the win. And people freaking lost their minds, okay? People were... I think at this point, like, it was funny, too, because I was thinking during this match, like, okay, the crowd's clearly behind him, but they're probably going to do something. Jericho's going to get the win. I can't imagine Jericho getting this win, uh, getting losing to this guy who's, you know, nobody, not a lot of people knew who he was. If they did, they wouldn't be chanting, let's go jobber. So I'm thinking, okay, Jericho is clearly going to get the win, but this is going to be an impressive showcase for the kid, and he's going to get signed, right? And when he won, I thought, oh, fuck, what? They really, really went for it. That's what I was thinking when he won. They went for it. And obviously, you knew this kid is going to be signed. And I think maybe 10 minutes after the match happened, Tony Khan tweeted out and basically put out that he is all elite. Uh, this guy is 24 years old. Apparently, he's only been wrestling for three year since 2019 uh, so you know had to go through the pandemic era on top of that and now he is all elite and had a pretty momentous you know when you think whatever happens with with action andretti for the next couple of years whatever his path is whatever ends up happening in his career in wrestling you're always going to remember him for this moment you're always going to remember him as the guy that got completely over with this Garland, Texas crowd and defeated Chris Jericho and then became all elite. Seriously, uh, kind of freaking crazy. Also, it was funny too, because I went on his Twitter page because I wanted to know how to spell the guy's name before I tweeted it out. And I went on his page and he had like 1,200 Twitter followers, okay? I left his page. I put out a tweet. I went back to his page for whatever reason, and uh, he had gone up a thousand followers in literally seconds, okay? Seconds, the kid went up a thousand followers. And then I left, went back again. 
another thousand followers. Uh, I don't know where he's at now. The last I checked, he was like at 3,200. But given how fast it happened, uh, and then afterwards, Tony put out that tweet tagging him. So I'm sure he's at a lot more now. But uh, good for him, man. He had a, a night that I think a lot of wrestlers, a lot of talent um, would absolutely kill for a moment, a night just like he had here tonight. Uh, so there you go, guys. It was kind of freaking crazy. But we got people saying Jericho putting over, putting him over with was huge. Uh, Sam Fine says, yep, the greatest jobber ever. Uh, Christopher says, um, Chris Jericho created a chance now when two wrestlers are on the ground, the crowd be like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Ocho. Uh, yeah, I was really happy about that. Uh, I heard that they started doing it at a uh, final battle, I believe it was. Uh, oh, thank you to YT. He's at 5,000 followers now, okay? Uh, so that just kind of shows, you know, how, uh, you know, obviously followers show how yeah, it's a good sign. You're getting followers. That's good. Um, but yeah, we got people saying never heard of this guy until tonight. Uh, and yeah, I completely agree because I didn't know either. Uh, Hunter Tillman says this match was super fun. Manny H puts over this for being a great moment. Uh, Christopher also shouts out the Texas crowd. Uh, I mean, it was good stuff, guys. Really, really good stuff. So there you go. That was probably one of the highlights of the night. But we got what uh, we still got the main event to talk about because that was my favorite match of the night. And before we get to that, we got Ty Mello, um, Ty Conti, Ty Mello, Ty Conti. I'm like, ah, uh, Ty Mello. She's Ty Mello now against Ruby Soho. Um, this one, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I wasn't really too interested in this one. I haven't really been interested in the storyline since the beginning when it first started. And then with Ruby Soho being out because of her nose, uh, nose injury, broken nose. And then coming back and then them restarting this, I, I haven't really, uh, I think for me, the moments passed a little bit. So I haven't really been too interested in this match. Um, Ruby gets this win with the Destination Unknown. Afterwards, she gets attacked by Ty Conti and Anna Jay. So guys, I, I, I don't know. I'm not that into it, but I like, I'm a fan of both, both Ty and Ruby, but I'm just not feeling this feud right now. I think it, I think what hurt it for me was obviously that they started it and then, you know, just things didn't, obviously she got hurt. So, but then they came back and they had, she had to come back and get her revenge, obviously. But I think just too much time went by to the point where I just completely forgot. And I don't think I was as interested even in the beginning when it first started. So it was something that I wasn't really interested with to begin with. And then we kind of restarted it now, but we got to see both of these women out there. We got to see Ty go out there. We got to see Ruby go out there. So they might as well go out there and have some matches together. This was fine. This is a fine little match here. Ruby gets the win. She had to, obviously, with her uh, return. Uh, Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, uh, hey, Denise, great job on NXT Deadline pre-show. Get yourself an agent, girl, because I think WWE will be calling you again soon. Uh, Dynamite was fun. Action Andretti upsetting Jericho popped me huge. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon. And I think I said this either on the Raw post show or on the NXT post show. On some post show, I said this. But um, I think I will be back to do a future event. Um, I was planning on pretty much like, I was planning on bringing it up. Like, hey, if you guys ever need me again, sure, why not? I'll be there. And Shawn Michaels brought it up himself. So that felt pretty cool. Like, I didn't have to say anything. He brought it up and I'm like, 
oh my God, you know, like internally dying, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I hope to, to do another appearances. Obviously it is great publicity for me because people, I got so many followers off of that appearance and people talking about me, which in turn is great because then I get to promote my podcast and then people come onto the podcast and then more super chats. So uh, that's how I, that's the business mind. That's my method right now that I'm going with. <laughs> Um, but seriously, thank you so much to Brandon. Um, and yes, I agree. Dynamite was a lot of fun and uh, happy that you got popped really hugely with uh, Andretti getting the win there. Uh, thank you to Brandon for the super chat. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into the main event of the night. Ricky Starks versus MJF. AEW World Championship on the line and also the Dynamite Diamond Ring on the line. Now, last week was Ricky Starks' star-making performance. We already ran that down last week. It was phenomenal. Uh, I was so excited for this match, and it delivered. It completely delivered. Obviously, I knew MJF was going to win. That's perfectly fine. But part of me was hoping that they uh, continued this story with Ricky Starks and MJF. And the way that things ended with MJF essentially. So let me run you guys through the match, but really quickly, with the way that things ended, they can always circle back to Ricky Starks and MJF and Ricky Starks wanting, uh, you know, to get some revenge on MJF because for the most part, MJF cheated and he kind of tried. Okay, so running down this match, there, I'm going to skip over stuff. Um, we saw a lot of MJF attempting to cheat to get the win he was holding on to the ropes he was uh pulling the trunks of ricky starks he was pretty much doing everything that he possibly could to kind of uh get the win in an easy way but starks was not allowing him to do that right so mjf was kind of not taking starks as legitimate and uh ricky starks was kind of going out there and you know showing him like dude i'm I don't like you. I don't like you. And I want everything from you. So yeah, I'm going to take this seriously. And I'm going to try to defeat you in the proper way to basically get what you have. Okay. Um, there was some really great moments where uh, Starks hit a Liger bomb and MJF ends up kicking out out of that. Um, crowd is chanting. This is awesome. MJF at one point, um, at one point, he slaps Ricky Starks, right? So he's kind of slapping him and he's slapping him. And then Ricky Starks has this moment where he's like mother effort and slaps him back really hard. From here on out, we get this really cool back and forth of uh, just them slapping each other uh, so fast, really, really fun. And uh, there was a really great uh, little combo that I liked because we saw a boot from Starks. Then this is followed from an elbow, rolling elbow strike from MJF and then a spear from Stark. So I really liked how that was a nice little, uh, I liked the continuity that we saw there. Um, MJF at one point starts stretching the hell out of Ricky Starks. He's pulling his arm all the way back. He's pulling his leg all the way back. He looks like a pretzel down at the mall. He is being stretched out and it looks brutal. But Ricky Starks is close enough to the ropes where he is able to get his foot on the rope stark super kicks mjf um and then finally for the win referee gets distracted very quickly mjf hits the low blow on ricky starks and he gets the win and that is exactly how i would expect mjf to get the win is by cheating um and hitting the low blow and in turn 
kind of goes back to what we saw at that back and forth exchange that Ricky Starks and MJF did where um, where uh, Ricky Starks was basically going out there and out miking him and MJF's comeback was literally hitting them in the nuts. So um, we kind of got that again, but this time in the match. Um, after this, so I'm thinking to this point, okay, cool. Because with the way that this ended, obviously it goes with MJF. It goes with what he was doing. It goes with the theme of the match. And, um, but it also, Ricky Starks also has that now. He can hold on to that and be like, you know what? You never defeated me cleanly. So they can always, they don't have to do it right away. They don't have to do it tomorrow. They don't have to do it the next week, whatever. They can always go back to this with Ricky Starks and MJF. Because clearly at the end, as MJF is ready to go celebrate his victory, uh, Brian Danielson comes out and Brian Danielson has some serious beef with MJF over his actions and what he did to William Regal, um, basically knocking him out cold with the brass nuts, sending him to the ambulance and basically to never be seen again in AEW. Um, so Brian Danielson, the story is that the last week or two, whatever, however long it's been, he has been at bedside with William Regal. So Brian Danielson is clearly pissed the hell off at MJF for his actions. He comes out, chases MJF, and MJF goes through the freaking barricade, leaps over, runs straight through and up at the crowd. And finally, Brian Danielson is just like, whatever, you know? Um, so clearly we are heading into continuing this with Brian Danielson and MJF, which is very exciting stuff because, uh, you, you know, we've been curious to see what MJF's run as AW world champion is going to look like and him and Brian Danielson. Ooh, that's going to be good. So I'm very excited about that. We got a super chat here from Steve Peckman. Thank you so much to Steve who says, uh, do you think Danielson has a chance at beating MJF for the title? Has a chance? Yes. Um, however, I think that I want to see MJF hold on to the belt for a bit because, you know, he took it, he, he everything that led to this point, I don't want to see it over so quickly. You know, I want to see him be, this like jerk AEW world champion a lot longer. You know, I want to see it. And Brian Danielson recently did an interview not too long ago, maybe within the last month. And I forget who it was with, but he did say that he doesn't kind of, he doesn't really need the championship. He said that he's there to pretty much just work with the talent and uh, contribute, right? And I know a lot of people are like, well, bro, we want to see Brian Danielson someday as AEW world champion. And I completely agree with you guys, but I don't know if I want him to defeat MJF. Like, I don't like, given that this will be his second, uh, his second uh, challenger, you know, since winning the championship, I don't want to see him lose to Brian Danielson just because I want to see more out of MJF as AEW world champion. But obviously Brian Danielson can more than definitely be AEW world champion with no doubt about that. Um, but I don't think that's what he wants right now. I think he just wants to work with talent and have a great time. Um, at least based on that interview that he did. Uh, thank you so much to Steve Peckman for sending in this super chat. All right, guys. So we are coming down to the end before I wrap things up really quickly. We got uh, to run down the matches that were announced. AEW Rampage this Friday. So I will be recapping SmackDown and Rampage, um, not on Friday night, but on Saturday morning, because this Friday I will be at GCW doing some ring announcing uh, at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. So um, I will be back here Saturday morning for a Saturday exclusive show 
talking about SmackDown and Rampage. So if you come on here Friday night and I'm not here, it's because I will be here Saturday morning to talk about those shows. Um, also, so AEW Rampage, we got John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. I think that's going to be a really good match. I'm looking forward to it. That feels like a pretty big match for a Rampage. Uh, Britt Baker, Sky Blue. I think, uh, I hope that they give them a proper, a good amount of time. Uh, I don't want to see a quick little squash or uh, I don't want to see a, I don't want to see like a bad match. I want to see a good match. Like let Britt Baker do her thing and let Sky Blue, you know, get herself over. You know, that's what I want to see. Um, Wardlow is going to be in action. We don't know against who. We also have the AEW All-Atlantic Champion Orange Cassidy teaming up with Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Dustin Rhodes to take on the Butcher, the Blade, Kip Sabian, and Trent. Um, that should be a fun little melee there. Dynamite next week, Holiday Bash. We got match five of the best of seven series between the death triangle and the elite. And this is going to be a no DQ match weapons allowed all of that good stuff. Jamie hater is going to be defending her AEW women's world championship against Hikaru Shida. Uh, so that should be a really, I'm looking forward to that one. That one should be pretty solid uh, and FTR against the gun club. So that's, what's been announced so far for that dynamite. Uh, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson, who says uh, Danielson had the attitude of MJF fucked up or <laughs> fucked around. And he's about to find out because of what he did to Rigo. Oh, he was pissed. He came out and he, you know, Brian Danielson is always, looking for the most part, pretty happy. The dude's pretty much always happy, right? Uh, no, he was pissed the hell off. And he was the one that was like, you know, um, you know, begging uh, John Moxley to not hurt William Regal. He didn't want anyone to hurt William Regal. And thus William Regal ended up getting hurt. Uh, so yeah, uh, Danielson was definitely pissed off. Uh, thank you so much to Shelton Jackson for uh, sending in that super chat. Alrighty, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning into the show as always. Uh, seriously, guys, without you, I would not be here. So thank you every week for tuning in. I will be back here on F4W Online this Saturday to uh, talk about SmackDown and Rampage. So if you're in the mood to talk about the shows on a Saturday morning, Hank, come on in here. But other than that, um, guys, please uh, spread the word about my show if you can. Retweet, uh, like, share the share the link, give a like on this video or comment in the comment section. Uh, really anything you do helps. I'm just trying to get the word out and to help continue growing this show. That is my goal. Um, I'm going to get those numbers up. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Also, if you haven't already, head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Um, a lot of stuff going up out there. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. And I will see you back here on Saturday for that special SmackDown Rampage show. Bye, everyone.